live from the Toolkit Depot Studio. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. For Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Speaking about the Test match, uh, Cameron Green, our 23-year-old star all-rounder that comes from Subiaco, Florida, that's his uh, club side, uh, w- conducted a press conference today. He spoke to the media about how he's feeling going into a, a home Test match. It'll be his first Test at home after 14 that he's played across Australia and the rest of the world. So you will hear Cameron Green, uh, one of the shining lights and probably the shining light when it comes to Australian cricket going forward. It is AFL Draft Day, day one of a two-day draft cam um, combined in a sense. So the top 10 uh, being actually unveiled as we speak. The West Coast Eagles have got pick nine, so that's not far away. And Jimmy Williams is right across everything that's happening as we unveil the top 10 AFL draft picks for 20. 20- 22. Jimmy, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Great to be with you on this terrific Monday evening. And the big news out of Western Australia tonight is that West Coast have just selected Ruben Jinby with their number nine draft pick, the boy from East Perth from the Dunsborough Footy Club, Pete. Yeah, I uh, tell you what, a lot of good of East Perth players have come from that part of the world. Bun, Bustleton, Dunsborough, don't yep. worry about that. He'll be a good find. Good to see him. Congratulations to him. Yep, you'll hear from him later on tonight on Sports Day, just having a chat with Brad Johnson on the coverage. We will bring that to you very shortly. But I suppose the, one of the big stories from tonight, Peter, is that uh, GWS, they've, they had pick one. They had the option to take Will Ashcroft, or I should say bid on him. They opted not to do that. And they selected Aaron Cadman from the GWS Rebel, uh, Victoria Rebels and the Dali Football and Netball Club. Uh, so well done to Aaron Cadman. He is the official number one draft pick for 2022. Then it was up to uh, North Melbourne who opted to put the bid in on Will Ashcroft, who is the father-son, of course, for Brisbane. And Brisbane were then required to match that bid in order to get Ashcroft. So he has landed at the Brisbane Lions. It was a little bit complicated, but it was probably the expected process most thought would happen today. Uh, And then from there, North Melbourne selected Harry Sheasel and George Wardlaw with picks three and four. Elijah Sartsis. Uh, Essendon with pick five. Bailey Humphrey to the Gold Coast Suns at pick six. Cameron McKenzie went to Hawthorne at pick seven. Uh, Jai Clark to Geelong at pick eight. Just then, Ruben Jinby, as I said, has gone to the West Coast Eagles with pick number nine from the East Perth Dunsborough Football Club. I love that selection, Pete. West Coast have opted to stay home here in WA, which means, of course, there's no go-home factor, is there, for a young guy like Ruben. Uh, He's a WA boy, hopefully, and naturally he will stay and play at West Coast, uh, hopefully for their sake and for his sake, in a... You know, an eight to ten plus year career, mm. and he's a big bodied midfielder as well. So he's going to be a very, very handy acquisition. When you look at the mm. West Coast Eagles, that's where they need to bolster in the midfield. They've yep. got an aging midfield, and somebody uh, like Ruben, uh, even though he's only eighteen at the moment, will over the next couple of years develop to be a very, very important player in the the heart of the ground. St Kilda uh, were just on the clock. They have selected with the tenth pick in the twenty twenty two draft. I like this name, Pete. It's something unique. Mateus Philippou. Oh, yes. So, uh, hang on. No, Mateus Filippoli, I reckon is how you say that. 
They've got the graphic wrong on the TV. Okay. I was right the first time. Mateus Philippou. So I'm looking forward to watching him uh, as a Saints man. Of course, playing under Ross Lyon, not known to play the kids, mm-hmm. uh, but he looks like an athletic mid with plenty of upside. It'll be interesting to see if Ross Lyon does play a bit of youth in 2023, of course, going back to the club in their 150th year. And Jimmy, as we know, it's a top 10 tonight, and then tomorrow we'll come back again for the remainder of the AFL draft. And there's still some very good WA products up for grabs. Speaking of East Perth, Jed Buslinger is still there. Of course, Mm. Ben Allen's son, Ed Allen, has been talked about. So there's still some West Australians hoping for an AFL career come tomorrow. Absolutely, yeah. It's a three-day event, Pete. So uh, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I think the whole first round is tonight. So I yeah. think uh, it'll go. What, what's that? The first eighteen or nineteen picks with the father. Sorry, with the father-son uh, selection of Will Ashcroft. So I think there'll be nineteen, which will find homes tonight. Fingers crossed. As you said, there'll maybe be one or two more from WA. But if it's not tonight, Pete, it'll certainly be tomorrow. And then, of course, we have the rookie draft on Wednesday. So they've made it a three-day event, Pete. I'm not sure. Uh, how I feel about it. But what it does mean is there's a lot of media. All of the, the young draftees uh, get to, you know, get the get the limelight, I suppose. It used to just be sort of the first few picks were the ones that did all of the media. But nowadays, it's so well covered, Pete. It's come such a long way. Yeah, no, you make a good point. Actually, I think uh, over the last couple of years, it's been the top 10, but now they've extended to the full first round through to uh, pick number 18. Good on you, Jimmy. Uh, and you'll be back at the end of the program to wrap it all up mm-hmm. and also give us maybe a bit of audio of some of the young players that have been picked up in the AFL draft. So we look forward to that. Uh, you'll give us a full wrap around about quarter to six. No doubt. Thanks, Pete. Okay, Jimmy Williams bringing you up today. So congratulations to Ruben Gibby. Uh, he's been picked up by the West Coast Eagles, as I mentioned, from East Perth, as Jimmy mentioned. He's about 189 centimetres uh, a very big-bodied inside midfielder. And uh, as we've mentioned, certainly that's part of the uh, squad that the West Coast Eagles need to get bolstered and over the next couple of years try and inject some uh, the next generation of midfielder as they try to uh, cover the likes of Luke Shuey and Jack Redden, who's gone, Andrew Gaff, those sort of players. So uh, we look forward to that. Jimmy back with a full wrap around about quarter to six. Now, the World Cup continues and last night, it was a real surprise. I called the game between Belgium and Morocco. And Morocco, the North Africans, recorded a 2-0 victory over Belgium, who have been the major, major, major disappointment at the World Cup so far. They just beat Canada by one goal to nil. The Canadians, for the most part, were the better side on uh, that occasion. And last night, they were pretty ordinary, Belgium considering uh, they've got some of the the best players in the world playing. I'm just wondering what uh, their coach Martinez's future is. I've got a feeling the World Cup might be their swan song. But a man that I'll be speaking to after the break is one of the most celebrated Australian footballers. He was born in the UK, came out as a young fella. He was known as Mr Socceroo for his longevity and performance for the national side. Paul Wade played 84A internationals for Australia, making him the second most capped player in the country's history. Only Alex Tobin with 87 had more. And in total, Wade played 118 games for Australia between 1986 and 1996 
and he represented the Socceroos at the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul and also two FIFA World Cup qualifying campaigns in 1990 and 1994. And, of course, he's also uh, regarded as the player that in some ways did a bit of a job on the late Diego Maradona when Australia played Argentina in a friendly match. Anyway, that's all coming up. Uh, Paul Wade will join us on the other side of the break. It's 10 past five, and this is Sports Day WA here on SEN. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. For Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Yeah, great to have your company. Uh, we're due to uh, track down Paul Wade. I know Wadey very well, actually. And uh, sometimes you need to get an APB out to try and track him down. We will get him. There's no problems about that. But uh, at the moment, we're just trying to get him. Wade, he's a very busy man. Does a lot of speaking engagements these days. And uh, in recent years, uh, he's been talking a lot about his own personal condition. He's been going to schools and businesses. Uh, he has epilepsy, and he often makes appearances at functions dedicated to promoting awareness of his condition. Uh, he's a very interesting human, is Paul Wade, and uh, hopefully we'll have him on very, very shortly. In the meantime, uh, we've got the first test of the summer happening on Wednesday at Optus Stadium, Australia taking on the West Indies. Uh, a bit later in the program, you'll hear from all-rounder for Australia, our very own Cam Green. He's coming up in just a while. Well, it's great to reconnect with this gentleman. We go back a long way. We've called many a football game together, and uh, I've crossed his path, and he's crossed mine, and now we're similar vintage. Uh, we're heading towards retirement when it comes to years, but uh, he's still a very busy man. Paul Wade, how are you going? <laughs> Pete, when I talk to you, it just cheers me up no end. <laughs> Maybe lovely uh, to talk to you, mate. Uh, uh, yeah, lovely to hear you too, Wadey. Uh, how are you going, by the way, health-wise? Everything okay? Yeah, everything's good. I've um, Obviously, you know that I've had epilepsy. I've had part yeah. of my brain removed. Um, I'm fit as a fiddle. Hey, guess what? I turned 60. I've just become a granddad. Good on you. Congratulations. And I get two free donuts at Donut King. <laughs> How good is it being a grandparent? Because I became a grandparent about 20 months ago. It's, a, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, dead right. Fill them up with sugar and hand them back. Did Arnie pump up the Socceroos with sugar the other night against Tunisia? That was a grand <laughs> old performance, wasn't it? That was terrific. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, when the, the, you hear some of the things that Arnie's saying at the press conferences, you know, he hasn't slept for a, a few days because he just wants a victory for all the fans back at home. And, and then he shows a vision of Federation Square in Melbourne going off when they did score that goal against France. And just to give the players a little bit of belief in they're not on their own. The whole country is behind them. It's things like that that makes you think, you know what, Arnie and all the boys, you deserve this. You deserve the profile that you've got at the moment and the belief we have in you. 
It's amazing. You are known as Mr. Socceroo. Even though you are born in the UK, you came out as a very wee lad here to Australia, but you embrace the Australian culture and helped develop the code over many years. After all, I think you represented Australia a staggering about 84 times in eight internationals. But the only thing you didn't take part in, Wadey, was a World Cup. Uh, you were there in, through the qualifying period in 1990 when they ended up in Italy. That's where the World Cup was in 94 in the United States. But uh, apart from that, you did everything. But you must be proud that Australia now is a regular feature at the World Cup. Absolutely. And uh, it makes me even more proud when these so-called experts say this is the worst team we've ever seen to a World Cup. And yes, we've qualified for five, but are we getting any better? There's something wrong with us. I love that sort of crap. I mm. really do, because the people who are saying it go running for cover when it all comes undone on that park in 90 minutes. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's um, everything you dream of as a footballer and you watch on the TV is coming to fruition right now. We, we dream of scoring that goal like Mitch Duke. We dream of singing the national anthem on the biggest stage in sport. And they're doing it. These unknowns, there's no Premier League players there. They're all working very, very hard at lower levels. And they're stepping up and going, yeah, it doesn't matter what's on paper. Let's play out on the park, shall we? It's interesting, actually, because I know a lot of football people in terms of soccer, as we know in Australia, you know, falsely in some ways. But how all of a sudden mainstream media has really jumped onto it. It was the front page of our Sunday paper yesterday. It led, I think, uh, one of the commercial news bulletins last night. All of a sudden, everybody's now become a Socceroo fan and jumped on it. What's it like in Melbourne when it comes to mainstream media? I suppose they've all jumped on as well. Yeah, yeah they have in a way, and it's only because the AFL not being played. No, you know yeah. what? I, uh, I can't remember the journalist's name, but he said, you know what? Lady, football or soccer or whatever you want to call it can be the biggest game in the universe, but it will never be the biggest game in Melbourne. And I yeah. thought, yeah, that's probably because of you and people like you who refuse to uh, acknowledge it. No, no, we'll, uh, we'll take our place. And you might only know about us for every four years, but when we do see you in four, every four years, we will be playing at a level beyond anything you could imagine. Wait, let's go back to the current World Cup. I am broadcasting a game uh, every night, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It certainly is a late night uh, every night. But last night I covered Belgium and Morocco, and little did I expect that Morocco to beat Belgium by two goals to nil. There's always a major disappointment in every World Cup, and there's always a uh, a long shot that's all of a sudden... uh, gets people to take notice of what they're achieving. Belgium with De Bruyne and all the other players that they've got in their side, uh, they're a very talented unit. What's wrong with them? Did you catch any of it last night against Morocco? Uh, The North African nation played them off the park in many ways. They did. What about the crowd too, Pete? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know whether that was dubbed over the top of the game, but I tell you what, there's, there's a lot of a lot of expats actually. There's a lot of expats uh, living in Qatar from North Africa, and that's why Tunisia had so many, and also uh, Morocco last night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that crowd was was brilliant. If you'd have turned the volume down, you'd have gone, "Geez, they're playing well." But you had the you turn the volume back up, and there's no wonder they were playing out of their mm. skin. I thought mm. the, I found out that the keeper had. Uh, I think he'd 
not conceded in what nine hours of football, you've got yeah. to have a pretty solid defence there, don't you? And exactly. So I'm not surprised that these results are jumping up. I mean, Japan beat Germany, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. Uh, Iran. Who did Iran knock off? I've had so many games. I can't. And then you had, uh, then you had Costa Rica, of course, beating Japan last night after copping seven against Spain. So the reason I asked the question: Belgium, for me, have been the yeah. major disappointment. Argentina bounced back. Germany, in some ways, got out of jail, scoring a late goal against Spain last night uh, to keep their flickering yeah. hopes alive of getting to the last sixteen. Could Australia be the surprise packet as they prepared to face France in a couple of days' time? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's uh, because I'm sure. Imagine you're a Dane, and you're sitting there, and you're having a, a, a coffee with your mate. But what's the what's the one thing you're talking about? Oh, well, we've got three points against Australia. That's the mm. way they'd be. Thinking. We're just excited to be in a position where we could surpass what, or at least equal what the 2006 Golden Generation did. This is a special moment for us. I can imagine in their camp they're going. Well, it's only Australia. We didn't even know they played football down there. Um, this is this is going to be a very, very poignant moment in Australian football if we get this group of footballers through to that round of 16. When you look at the squad, uh, Paul Wade, uh, is there any particular individual that really is oppressing you more than the others? Is it one of the young crop? As we know, there's a quite a, a healthy spread of A-League players in that soccer squad. Is there a couple of players that you really are enjoying watching? Yeah, Goodwin. I love the way he gets that ball and runs at players. He always has. He always will. He's a good He's always been a good footballer, but now he's just playing with a great deal of confidence. And the other one, Pete, you'd, you'd appreciate this. Harry Souter. Yes. How well is he playing? My wife is related to somebody who lives in Stoke, who loves Stoke City Football Club, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were so cheesed off when he got picked for the Socceroos because he'd only played two games for Stoke before he came into camp, and they were so nervous he He'd been out for 12 months. They said, he's never going to be able to do that. Wow. Did you see the stats on Harry Souter? The passes, the, the tackles that he made. and Yeah, it was brilliant. What a great story. Yeah. Saying that, what is uh, Australia's chances against Denmark, Wadey? Uh, we know all the, the continents play differently. Tunisia played differently. They tend to go through the middle Tunisia, which I thought, probably suited Australia, while in the case of France, they certainly used the flanks and that caused Australia a bit of grief. I reckon Denmark will probably play the same way. Is that of a concern, the fact that they might try and stretch Australia? Yeah. (laughs) If there's one area, until Harry did what he did with uh, Matty Ryan, uh, Aziz Bayic, I just thought if there's any area that we just lack a little bit of I don't know, solidarity, just concrete would be the back four because it's mm-hmm. chops and chains so many times. So, yeah, especially in the middle, we boy, we got found out against France, didn't we? Those little balls played around the uh, six-yard box, whether it be in the air or on the ground, we were made to look fools. But, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. One thing's for sure... Uh, two sets of players will come off that ground after 90 minutes exhausted. Yeah, they will be. They've given everything. So saying that, Wadey, just one final question before we, I'll let you go and have a chat to you about what you're doing currently in schools and, of course, businesses as well. Uh, if Australia don't get through, 
How would you review this campaign? Naturally, if they get through, it is just unbelievable. It is a great story, uh, one of the great yeah. stories in Australian uh, football history. But if they don't get through and just miss out, how would you review this campaign? I would say, and, and I'm basing this on all the crap that I hear from these so-called experts, is that we failed. We're not failures. We failed. Duh. It's not that hard. If we all quit and threw the baby out with the bathwater every time we, uh, we didn't beat the reigning World Cup holders, France, then um, I don't know. Why, why bother? So yeah. for me, that attitude of it's the performance, not the outcome. That's what I would be thinking. What was our performance like against uh, Tunisia? Brilliant. What was the performance like against Denmark? It's going to be great. Not the outcome. People are basing things so much on the outcome, they're making me depressed, Pete. I'm starting to get up. Well, we don't want you to get depressed. So let's talk about the great work you're doing, Wadey. You're doing a lot in schools, a lot in businesses. You're a passionate man. Uh, You do a lot of research and help others. Tell us exactly what you're doing in relation to the uh, schools and businesses. Uh, I know you're doing a lot of uh, speeches and having a chat. Tell us some of the work you're doing. I, through Paul Wade Life Skills, I I just basically, Pete, I'm very privileged to be able to do this. We've all got loads of great stories. I'm I'm just privileged to be able to tell mine, whether it be Mark and Maradona and the stress that goes along with it and how I dealt with it, or being the first captain ever dropped from the national team against Canada in two World Cup qualifiers, having brain surgery. There are so many, and, and I bet you've got them, Pete, Stories of resilience, stories of taking ownership of something, you know, planning. How did I get my shirt back to play against Diego Maradona? What sort of things did I have to put in place to do that? So that's what I do. I relate all my football and health stories to uh, to people's lives. I've done these presentations in jails, people. Uh, I don't know what those people have done. There, there were only kids. It was juvenile justice centres. And I've told those stories, and it, it resonates with these kids. As much trouble they're, they're in, it, uh, yeah, it just clicks. And having brain surgery, Pete, with my short-term memory loss, the thing is, the great thing is, I hide my own Easter eggs. <laughs> I remember, Wadey, when I met you a few years ago, actually, you showed me the scar. As soon as I met you, I said, Wadey, how are you going? He says, Pete, I'll show you something. And then you showed me the scar <laughs> on your head, which was unbelievable. Mate, you're a, you're a great man. You do so much for so many people. You're an, out, you're an outstanding footballer in your time. No one plays 84A internationals for Australia if they, they don't uh, know what's going on. So congratulations. Thanks for spending a bit of time with us. And, mate, come west. I know COVID's now over and we're a bit more freer to travel. I reckon you'll be in demand if you come over here to Perth because I reckon everybody will want to have a piece of you. So get over here as soon as you can. It'll be great to catch up. God bless you, Pete. See you, mate. Bye. Good on you. Paul Wade joining us here on uh, Sports Day on this Monday. Uh, Really good fella. And he is. He's got so many stories to tell. And he's just uh, wrapped it up there. And that's why he's in such high demand in the eastern states to talk about the Paul Wade story. In fact, he did write a book, uh, uh, a biography about his life. And that's true. uh, I met him uh, just shortly after he had that brain surgery. And he said to me, have a look at this. And he showed me the scar 
on his head. Uh, a wonderful man and a good fella. 28 past five here on Sports Day. Back with more. Cam Green will feature him next on the other side of this. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos for Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Don't change me Don't Great to have a chat with uh, Paul Wade. Enjoyed that just before the break regarding uh, the World Cup. And looking at the matches tonight, we've got Cameroon against Serbia. That gets underway at 6 o'clock on the SEN network. And then I'll be at the microphone with uh, Richard Garcia, the 2010 Socceroo, uh, former Premier League player. We're doing South Korea and Ghana, which will be an interesting one, followed by Brazil and Switzerland and Portugal and Uruguay. They're the four matches being played Overnight, Jimmy Williams is going to come in shortly to give us a full wrap on the first round of the AFL draft. The second round, of course, is tomorrow. And then we've also got the rookie draft on Wednesday. So round two and beyond tomorrow and the rookie draft on Wednesday. But the uh, first round is being conducted tonight. And Jimmy Williams will wrap it all up for us. Just regarding West Coast, coming in at pick number nine, uh, they've picked up the East Perth youngster, the 18-year-old from Dunsborough, Ruben Ginby. So congratulations to Ruben. Uh, he's going to be a West Coast eagle. So Jimmy's got uh, also West Coast have got pick number 12 as well. So we'll find out exactly who they picked up uh, there in just a moment. But let's look ahead to the other big event that's starting here in Perth on Wednesday at Optus Stadium. It is the first test of this summer between Australia and the West Indies. And I think the people that will go around, along, and there won't be a huge crowd, uh, will be there to see Cameron Green, our very own 23-year-old West Australian all-rounder who'll be playing his first test match at home after 14 that he's played across Australia and the rest of the world due to COVID and other factors. And today he was uh, put up before the media and says he heads into this Australian summer with no bowling workloads as well. Yeah, I feel really good. Um, yeah, body's in a really good place, um, especially with all the cricket we've been playing. So, um, yeah, looking forward to a really big summer. Um, there's going to be a lot of cricket on, so, um, yeah, it's a good start to the start of the season really well. And how does it feel being the only West Australian in the test team playing a game in Perth? Do you feel like you're carrying the mantle for your state? Yeah, no, not really. Um, I think I've been the only WA guy in the test team for, um, for about a, a year or two now, so... Um, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> been carrying that for a while. Do you feel um, anything different? You, you obviously played quite a few tests now, but like, do you feel any more nerves or emotion coming into your first test at home? Yeah, no, nah, definitely not. Um, I think it's, I'm pretty glad I've debuted in all, all formats now, so um, don't really have to have that feeling again. So, um, yeah, kind of having a test at home, I've kind of already had a, a T20 game at home, so I've already got that under my belt. So um, now I feel really relaxed at the moment. How, how much of a tease has it been, mate, the last couple of summers, though, not being able to play in? How much of a time you would have dreamed about falling time is playing a test in Perth? Yeah, um, no, I've been enjoying it. I haven't really had that feeling, I think. Um, there's a lot of chatter going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine though something you would have dreamed about growing up was play playing a test at the Wacker, but now I'm sorry, an off the side of C7, was it? 
expertise at all the last couple of summers? No, I've actually been a bit of a blessing disguise. I think um, I would have been very nervous, I think, if it was one of my first games in Perth. But no, it's nice kind of being away um, in new environments. Um, and when you're, when you're on the road, you kind of have to be around your team a lot more. So I think I'm pretty grateful that um, I kind of had the opportunity to, to kind of play games away and, and really get to know the guys. So no, it's probably a good thing. Have you got an idea of your bowling workload throughout the summer? Obviously, you're playing all three formats for the side now. Do you kind of know how much you will be bowling, especially if you bowl day one at Optus and it's 37 degrees, the boys might have a fair chop out? Yeah, um, no, it's definitely going to be a hot day, day one. Um, yeah, hopefully it's a batting day that day. But um, no, I think, yeah. No, no workloads at all. Um, yeah, got a, got a full quota if I need, but um, yeah, thankfully I'm the, the fifth bowler, so um, yeah, hopefully the, the big four are going really well and um, won't require me too much. Being an all-rounder, I mean, there haven't been many sort of successful long-term fast bowling all-rounders. Sort of, have you spoken to people about how to manage the, the, the workload of the fast bowling and, and the batting? The, the, because it is um, quite demanding, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's something I'm trying to learn over time. I think I had a really good chat to the, the coaching staff before I ever debuted for Australia and they were like, they gave, gave me a question saying, if you were going to debut in half an hour, what would you do? And yeah, at the time I was like, okay, I would go for a hit. I'll have a hit for half an hour basically and make myself feel ready. But they basically pointed out that I've already hit a million balls in my life. I don't need to go have a hit in the morning. Probably like best to prepare for a game, have a good stretch, eat a lot of foods. Um, and kind of back in the skills, so um, I'm slowly starting to learn that. Um, yeah, before a day of cricket, I'll yeah basically prioritise my bowling because yeah, obviously looking after your body is probably the key. So um, yeah, it's uh, something I'm trying to learn. Cameron Green, good luck to him. Uh, as I said, he's certainly going to be the main draw card for West Aussies to go to Optus Stadium on day one of the Test match. I must admit, I haven't chased up to see how ticket sales are going, but as we uh, spoke to John Townsend late last week. He says at the moment it was in the hundreds then, not in the thousands. Let's hope it's improved a bit over the last few days. Well, today the Fremantle Dockers' first to four-year players return to the training track just before it starts to really heat up. I know a lot of players find it a bit taxing, actually, uh, in the lead-up to Christmas uh, with the conditions. Caleb Sarong uh, was there in courtesy of the Fremantle Football Club and he spoke to the media today. Yeah, and I think he was in about second gear as well. So he, um, I think he ran a half marathon yesterday in about an hour and 11. So he's a, he's a pretty incredible runner. So um, having him kind of set the pace for us was nice, but it was um, also pretty unattainable at times to try and stay with him. Sort of the idea behind it, something to change. Yeah, sometimes when you're out there, you don't really know what time you're kind of running and, and where you're at, and you kind of get lost on that far side a little bit. So to have him there running that consistent kind of pace, um, we kind of knew what kind of pace he was going to run, and um, we were able to kind of base our running off that and try and hang with him as long as we could. But um, yeah, there was, Raz Neil was able to hang on for the first couple, but yeah, he was running a pretty good click. Nice. Yeah, definitely. I think the the pleasing thing about our group at the moment is that. We can trust everyone's done the work. Um, we've got a really committed young group. Um, all the guys back today uh, had, had been doing the work over the break. Uh, if they had gone overseas or away, they were still doing the program. We're all checking in with each other. And uh, I guess it's really pleasing to see guys come back in great nick. And got no doubt the boys coming back next week will be in the exact same boat. Yeah, impressive. He's a, he's a very committed, dedicated young man. And um, he made some great strides last year. And, and fitness is definitely one of his strengths. And I think he really wanted to hone that 
this off-season and he's been working incredibly hard um, and yeah you saw it today he's an incredible Nick so um, I guess to come out those first two and really put himself um, I guess in a hole and, and work really hard um, try and hold on it's credit to him and, and his mental toughness as well. Uh, yeah it was a nice holiday went, went over to Europe so that was great um, I guess really good mental refresher a couple of weeks and then by the end uh, I was really keen to get back and see all the boys again so been back for a couple of weeks and, and trained with the lads a few times and um, it's all, always nice to get back and running with your teammates because when you're running by yourself, you never really know where you're at. You can push yourself as hard as you want, but you don't really get that kind of instant feedback um, as much as running with your teammates. So, um, yeah, I think I've been doing the program, been working hard. So um, it was nice to kind of get out there today and, and really get stuck into it, get into some footy stuff instead of just running. Yeah, really good. I think you've, you'll probably see on Instagram his body match stuff. He's been working really hard. Um, he's another one that's really committed and he's a great runner for a, a man of his size and you saw that today. And uh, I remember at the, the National Combine, he was um, running around in the 2K, just smashing it in the yo-yo. So that's always been a strength of his. And today he showed that and um, he's fit in with the group really well. Um, he's been buzzing around in the gym and running sessions the last couple of weeks. And yeah, he's fit in really well. I think Heath Chapman's definitely one. I think you saw in that last rep, he just cruised home. Um, he's moving really well. I think, again, he's one that running is probably one of his strengths and, and he's just really honed that over this offseason. And he's put on a couple of kilos as well, I think. So um, he's, he's one that's got a really good balance between having a good break and, and refreshing, but working his, working his backside off. So he's one that I think is going to have a really good preseason. And then, like I said, Neil Erasmus has been, yeah, worked incredibly hard. And Matt, Matt Johnson, those guys have all kind of been training together. Um, they've kind of hung around here, got away at times, but really been in at the club most, most days, really honing their craft. And um, it's great to see them kind of putting in the hard yards and getting the rewards. Caleb's are wrong there. Neil Erasmus, certainly the shining light so far early with the time trials. Good luck to him. And, uh, of course, the latest sports update regarding Cameron Green and also Caleb's are wrong there, brought to you by Tire Power. You can buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local Tire Power. And, of course, the Wildcats are away in Brisbane on Thursday. But uh, get your tickets for their next home game. Get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to Ticketech.com. Jimmy Williams has got a full wrap on the first round of the AFL draft that comes up next here on Sports Day. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos for Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Well, the first round of the AFL draft uh, has been conducted. Uh, West Coast had a couple of picks in the uh, first round. And the man to wrap it all up for us. By the way, the second round and beyond is tomorrow in the rookie draft on Wednesday. Jimmy Williams, you've been right across it here on Sports Day. It's been a big night, Pete, for a lot of young men across the country, but in particular for the West Coast Eagles, who are looking toward the future in a way we know They've backed in a lot of their veterans uh, for the immediate future, but post that, they really need to get some youth in. And tonight, they've done that, and that's probably the story from a West Aussie perspective. Pick nine, Reuben Ginby from the East Perth Football Club and Dunsborough Football Club. In fact, it might be Reuben Ginby. Pete, I'm going to have to clarify that one. Uh, and West Coast also with their second pick, which ended up being 14 after a, uh, a matched bid, saw them slide down one pick. Elijah Hewitt, Peter, from the okay. Swan Districts uh, Footy Club and Cavisham mm-hmm. Junior Footy Club. Now, I remember calling this young man uh, 
in the game that the Swans actually beat West Perth earlier this year in the Waffle. And he is going to be something very special. I think Eagles fans should be really excited at the prospect of Elijah Hewitt going to their club. That's exciting. So congratulations to him. Uh, as you said, you've seen him. And I believe also in the under-18s carnival, he was just outstanding, particularly against Vic Metro, where almost single-handedly uh, he nearly got WA over the line. So uh, great work, and uh, we look forward to seeing those two players for the West Coast Eagles maybe even next season, but certainly in years to come. Yeah, Elijah Hewitt, just the power he's got, Pete. Uh, he, he brings a lot to the contest. He's explosive. He's got a couple of quick first steps to get away from those chasing him or perhaps going on a burst. So I'd be really uh, – I'm, I'm really bullish on how he might be able to possibly get into that lineup uh, next year. And, of course, on the coverage tonight, they both spoke Elijah Hewitt and Ruben Jinby. We'll hear from Ruben Jinby first. It's a great opportunity to stay at home. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I was ready to go anywhere, but to hear my name called at West Coast, that's great. And just, yeah, I guess it makes it easier. You don't have to travel too far. Now, I can see the 15 kilos you've put on over the, over the last couple of years. The shoulders are starting to get a little bit broader. What type of work did you put in? Um, yeah, I guess I was a bit, yeah, I was a bit of a skinny kind of shorter kid. And then I had a, yeah, 10 kilos, 10 centimetres kind of thing. So I think I um, just got in the gym a bit early and I think that has really helped my footy. So. Captain of your school, I understand as well. How did that go and what did you learn from being able to lead a school throughout the year? Yeah, I was um, yeah, really honoured and privileged to captain Wesley this year. Um, we didn't quite get the win. We finished second two years in a row, but I think that was really good for me and just learn a few more communication skills and be able to help boys through the year. So I was really stoked with that. Now, you were a Frio fan. I do say were now because how are the folks going to go getting rid of all the purple? Yeah, I don't know how they go, but um, yeah, I guess we have to see when we get home, see if they throw out the purple gear and get the yeah, blue and gold. Oh, I'm sure they will. And congratulations, Ruben. All the very best. Thank you very much. Well Ruben Jinby there speaking with Brad Johnson as part of Fox Footy's coverage of tonight's draft. Peter, and of course, Elijah Hewitt, who we touched on a little bit before. He wasn't in Melbourne, but he was uh, on the coverage as part of a Zoom call. Here's what he had to say after joining West Coast with Pick 14. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm just super excited. I'm so glad I can... You know, be around my family, family for this um, this night, and you know, it's a, it's been a really long process, and I'm so excited to to start there with Ruben, and um, yeah, be a part of an amazing club with with amazing history, and um, it's you know, real, I'm real fortunate my family's gone for Eagles, so I'm so glad. Congratulations, Elijah. Did you have an idea the West Coast Eagles were keen at pick 14? How much did you know? Oh, mate, honestly, I, I didn't have much clue. It was, um, it was really touch and go with, with a lot of these picks, so um, just to finally get my name read out is is a huge relief, and I'm so excited. Incredible scenes, uh, the family behind you. Who have you got there? Uh, so I've got my, my oldest brother right uh, right there. I've got my mum in the middle, my younger brother, my two best mates, and I've got my dad right there. And you've been, you've been studying as well, doing a commerce degree, so you're, you're a busy guy, an AFL footballer. How are you going to juggle it all? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's one of the, the things you've got, you got to get sorted early on is that balance. So, um, yeah, I'm just, Really excited to be able to to be able to you know in, incorporate that into into my life and um, hopefully that it will pay dividends in in the future. And you've been working at the Claremont Golf Club, I hear, uh, while you've been studying in the draft year. Are you still going to you've quit there? Have you now? You're an AFL superstar. Yes, yes, I have quit. I quit about two weeks ago, and um, my, my boss is tuning in, so I'm sure he'd be very stoked that you're giving him a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple of free rounds of golf. Uh, congratulations, Elijah. We cannot wait to see you in West Coast Eagles colours and go and enjoy this special night with your family. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you.
Elijah Hewitt there speaking. Peter, gee, if I was a West Coast supporter, I'd be really excited by the two pickups they've done tonight. Ruben Jinby with pick nine. Uh, um, what is he? Uh, 189 centimetres, 82 kilos. And then Elijah Hewitt, uh, 185 and 84 kilos. So two uh, key parts of their future, Pete. Uh, good stuff. What about any other West Australians picked up by other AFL clubs in the first round, Jimmy? Yep, the other one I was just about to get to, Jed Buslinger, Pete, one of the uh, young men. Another with a, East Perth boys. Another East Perth product from Corbinia Junior Footy Club, 196 centimetres and 83 kilos with pick 13, the Western Bulldogs taking him. So in recent years, the, the doggies not afraid to come out here and draft key position players. Jed Buslinger with pick 13 spoke on the Fox footy coverage. What about that? You've gone from NAB Oz Kicker of the Year, presenting medals, to now the big time. Yeah, it's unreal how it's turned out um, 10 years ago, just as an Oz Kicker on grand final day, and now um, finally living out my childhood dream to be an AFL player. Is, um, yeah, it's unreal. Now, the big question earlier on was, where's the blonde hair gone? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. Just, yeah, just aged a little bit, but, um, yeah. <laughs> now, joining, joining the Western Bulldogs, a great time to, to join the footy club in terms of where they sit on the ladder. The recruits, the recruits they've got, you're an intercept defender is that where you see your role yeah I think so I think that's my best position I've played a bit of forward line as well but I think down back's the best position but there's so many tools at the Bulldogs that um, I'm just looking forward to learning off all of them and um, see where it goes yeah you're right you'll jump in with Aaron Norton and, and Liam Jones and even Sam Darcy yeah all like young players and Liam Jones so um, all of them have similar traits that I um, would like to progress with so um, yeah unreal now, I hear the number five is up for grabs. I know Ronald Smith quite well, so I'll put in a good word for you. Thanks very good much. Good luck. <laughs> Jed Bustinger, how good is that, Pete? Jed Bustinger joining the Western Bulldogs with pick 13 in the 2022 NAB AFL draft. And just as we threw to that audio, Peter, you mentioned how many West Australians have been taken. Well, another has just gone. Edward Allen, better known as Ed, going to Collingwood. With wow. pick 19, 194 centimetres, 83 kilos from the Claremont Footy Club and Mosman Park Junior Footy Club. Because there was a lot of talk leading up that he mm-hmm. probably would land at West Coast, yeah. and that didn't happen. They had to make that decision, didn't they, Pete, with pick 14. Now, Ed was linked there, um, and he has ended up sliding down to Collingwood at pick 19. So a little bit of a bargain, uh, ranked in the top 12 on the pre-draft uh, predictions. Broke some records at the Combine. Uh, Collingwood and Craig McRae, especially on the screen there a moment ago with a massive smile on his face. Um, And in a team that, you know, Craig McRae has been able to uh, get together and play some exciting foot. Of course, they played a, they made a prelim this year, didn't Mm, they? So maybe start with that. And of course, uh, Ed is the son of Ben, who used to play for the Fremantle Dockers and a couple of other clubs. Pete? Yeah, he was the captain of the Dockers. Uh, Mm. Of course, Ben Allen played at Hawthorne as well, and he's a bit taller than his dad, I think. (laughs) It's about 195 centimetres. Good on you, Jimmy. And, Jimmy, just before you go, the number one draft pick this year is... Aaron Cadman for the GWS Giants. Good on you, mate. Thanks for wrapping up uh, the AFL draft for us. So, Jimmy Williams will have the remainder of the AFL draft. That is uh, rounds two and beyond tomorrow here on Sports Day from 5. Thanks, Lee. Look forward to your company tomorrow from 5 here on SEN.